Welcome to the Middle East Update with Amir Sarfati. Amir discusses the latest news from Israel and the region through the lens of biblical prophecy. The original video versions can be found on Behold Israel's YouTube and Facebook channels. To make it convenient, we've converted them to audio format to keep up with your busy schedule. Be sure to also subscribe to Amir Sarfati on Telegram for daily updates from the Middle East. Amir's Middle East updates are based on the latest and most reliable sources, so you know you're getting the most accurate news. Now, on to the update. Shalom everyone, this is Amir Tsarfati. I'm live from central London, and uh, we are going to talk today about this uh, shield and arrow operation that is going on right now in Gaza. A lot has happened. We thought it's going to be a short one, but something big is going on. In fact, it is only escalating. We're going to talk about why, what, when, where, and all of that. I couldn't uh, be available besides my telegram because I was in the middle of recording the audio book for Has the Tribulation Begun? A book that, believe it or not, just came out a few days ago, and it already is a bestseller on Publishers Weekly, uh, which is the most important magazine of all publishers in America and in most of the world. So before we do that, I want to say hello to all of you guys from the different parts of the world. I'm looking at the chat on the side and I see people from South Africa, people from Australia, people from uh, all across the United States and Canada. I see people in Europe, people in Croatia, Romania, Trinidad, um, people also, of course, uh, we've got California is in the house, <clears throat> Sweden is in the house, Finland, very, very beautiful. So we start with a prayer, and then we'll dive into the uh, short update, but very important one, okay? Because uh, a lot of you may not follow me on Telegram, which is very, very, very bad. Uh, but so I can put it all to, for you. So, Father, we thank you. You're in control of everything. And uh, we know that uh, the enemy around us uh, wants to destroy us. That's uh, it's, in, it's, it's so simple. It's clear and simple. But we know that uh, you are the one that is the protector and the keeper of Israel. And we thank you for that. Uh, we have great technology, but uh, everything is directed operated, orchestrated, and um, is, is provided by you. We thank you again. Uh, speak to us through this update also to our spirit. Give us uh, a lot of comfort and encouragement as well. In Jesus' name, amen. So, shalom everyone. This is Amir Tsarfati. I'm live from London. I'm here tomorrow. I'm going to be speaking at a conference. Um, it's a Romanian uh, speaking uh, conference, uh, <clears throat> but it's here for the uh, people in London uh, throughout um, this weekend. Uh, I think uh, nobody can join because it's already packed, um, but um, uh, it's in Charles Spurgeon's uh, old church uh, in the suburb of London. <clears throat> so we're going to speak there and then i'm going to continue to meet pastor mike in belgium we do a conference in belgium netherlands and norway um and again um if you are not following me on telegram let me explain why it is so important you see 
I can sometimes do these updates if there is um, internet that is okay and you know everything works. But if it's not and you want to see what's going on, you want to stay updated, that's the best way to do it. So I encourage you to maybe look on the screen for this. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if we have um, a uh, QR code to show you. Uh, if we have, then we'll put it on, on the screen for you. There you go. All you need to do is pull your phone <clears throat> and scan this QR code. It'll direct you to my Telegram channel, and then you just join and subscribe and follow. That's it. Okay, so let's dive into this uh, update. First of all, if you watched my latest update about the war in Sudan, you know that it wasn't only about the war in Sudan. There was a 48 hours, excuse me, yeah, 48 hours round of violence between us and Islamic Jihad um, at that time. But um, let me let me tell you what's going on right now. Okay, the video that you just saw in the very beginning, maybe we can even play it again. I don't know if we can do that. But just a couple hours ago, the sixth targeted assassination took place, and the sixth most, the sixth senior commander of uh, the Islamic Jihad was actually eliminated uh, in his apartment. And it's very interesting. A building of six stories in the fifth floor in a back room, the rocket went all the way inside and boom, hit and killed him. There is nothing like that anywhere around the world. The precise um, uh, targeting of those people. Now, let me let me explain to you folks that the cycle of violence last time, a week and a half ago, began when Islamic Jihad member who was a prisoner in Israel's prison decided to go on a hunger strike, not to eat, and eventually he died. He literally committed suicide by not eating. He wouldn't let anyone feed him. That's the guy, Hader Adnan. And because of his death and the fact that they demanded his body and all of that, they started shooting rockets within uh, a couple of days, a hundred rockets. And it looked like Israel's response was very weak, very disappointing. And everybody in Israel were with their face to the ground. Netanyahu's ratings in the polls were plunging. Everybody were disappointed. But Netanyahu uh, said to the people, we will attack when we find the right time to do it. We don't just respond without thinking. And sure enough, three days ago, at 3.30 a.m., in a, something that will be studied in military academies, I think, in the future, simultaneously in three different places along the Gaza Strip, 40 aircrafts were in the air, and at the same time, three of the top commanders that we've been looking for for many, many months, three of the top commanders of the Islamic Jihad were killed in their homes. These are the three. All three of them, within 30 seconds, 3.30 a.m., three days ago, were killed. And that began Operation Shield and Arrow, the killing of these three people. The Islamic Jihad was in shock for more than 12 hours. They did nothing because their, their commanders were gone. And then they immediately appointed the deputies to be their commanders. 
and we killed them as well. And this three grew up now to five, as you can see. And now the top five are gone. And if that's not enough, they kept on shooting. And just two hours ago, Israel killed the most senior of all. We finally found him. He was running away. And in the fifth floor of a six-story building in the back room, the rocket found him. And that's the guy. And he is the last of the six. There is no more senior leadership of the Islamic Jihad uh, military wing in Gaza right now. This is something that Hezbollah is watching, Hamas is watching. It's something that all the terrorist organizations watch because they are stunned at three things. The technological advantage, the intelligence advantage, the operational advantage, and the determination of Israel not to stop after one, or after two, after three, but all the way. And <laughs> that is maybe the explanation to the fact that, uh, you know, they're, they're being left uh, alone. But before I talk about that, let me tell you who is really behind all of this. Because you, you may not know, but Gaza Strip is a, is a nest, hornet's nest. I mean, it's uh, Iran is basically the one who funds all of the terrorist organizations in the Middle East. Uh, and take a look at the, what the Islamic Jihad is uh, getting from this uh, Thing. So first of all, they obviously, Hezbollah is their main arm. It's literally one of the brigades in the uh, uh, Iranian Revolutionary Guards. Uh, we're talking about $7 million uh, that they, they send every, every year. There is their proxies in Syria, their proxies in Iraq, in Yemen. But then, of course, you can clearly see that in in the top left, you see both Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad that are getting tens of millions of dollars a year. So this is the investment of Iran, and Iran is not happy right now because a big portion of their investment is gone. Now, let me show you what they want you to see. The, the pictures, they hired professional photographers and they take wonderful pictures of rockets that are flying from Gaza towards Israel. Spectacular photos. These are all literally, I mean, I mean, and I posted on Telegram many, many more in the sunlight and the sunset and the sunrise. They edit them. They make them look heroic. These are all rockets flying from Gaza to Israel. That's what they want you to see. What they don't want you to see is that a third of all of these rockets fly from Gaza, but eventually lose momentum and fall on Gaza. Take a look at this video that uh, Israel uh, took. It's with the night vision. And we circled in red circle the rockets that actually didn't make it. There's quite a few rockets that made it. But take a look at those that lose momentum, lose power, and... And then from all the rockets that are flying from different directions, by the way, look at those that are now falling right there back down on the heads of the people of Gaza. And at least four, if not 10 people, I mean, they, they, they don't give you the exact number, but at least four that we know died from their own rockets falling on their own heads. This is something, trust me, they do not 
want you to see. All of that is on my Telegram, so I, I, I really encourage you to see it. Now, um, let me also tell you something that you may not know that is going on here, okay? Um, take a look at how Israel is fighting all of this. So far, 1,100 rockets within three and a half days were flying, but only one Israeli person died, and the reason why he she died is because she was old and didn't understand that she needs to run to her uh, bomb shelter in the house. And by the time, you know, the rocket fell, um, you know, she got hit and, 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 and was killed. 80-year-old lady from the city of Rehovot was killed. That's it. 1,100 rockets loaded with explosive were launched and one person died. And that's, and if, if she would have moved into her safe place, even that would not have happened. Unbelievable. And um, let me show you how it works, okay? Israel has what you all know, the Iron Dome, okay? I want to show you something, how the Iron Dome works. So, so the enemy's rocket flies, and as it starts falling, all these rockets... Now, take a look at this. What they do, they shoot probably 20, 30, 40 of them at the same time to not allow the Iron Dome to have enough time to destroy all of them. But I want to show you a photo that we that we froze of how the rocket, the Palestinian rocket, is flying and how the Iron Dome interceptor called Tamir is on its way to meet it and then, of course, explode it. This is it. Now, this is what the Iron Dome batteries look like when they are deployed next to Israeli towns and on the border. Take a look at those photos of the Iron Dome. You see, that's how they are being launched. See the Israeli flag? There's another photo of it next to a town, or um, uh, that, uh, but, but, but that doesn't matter. Now, every crisis is also an opportunity, and you probably know that. And uh, Israel and America have been working together. Well, it's Israeli innovation. It's American money. Uh, we're working on something that is more advanced than the Iron Dome. Iron Dome is small interceptors for short-range missiles, okay? Something that flies from Gaza or, or something like that. But rockets that will fly from Iraq, Iran, you know, uh, Yemen or stuff like that, these are ballistic missiles already. They're long-range they fly in different altitude, and for that, we needed something else. There was a system that was called Magic Wand, and now we named it more biblically David's Sling. And that's what David's Sling looked like. It is a bigger interceptor. It's called Stunner. And if the Iron Dome interceptor, you see, that's another one. You see the U.S. and Israeli flag down on the left. That's when we tested it. And I want you to know, folks, that if the Iron Dome interceptor costs about $150,000 a rocket, the David Sling costs a million dollar a rocket. Okay. Now, that's not cheap. But again, uh, if you can destroy a large rocket loaded with explosive in the air, it can actually uh, ref uh, protect you from a much bigger damage on the ground of many millions of dollars and the loss of lives, of course. 
and the, the you know, and of course, um, a damage to your morale and the uh, your people. And so, of of course, that's the money that. So, why am I mentioning all of that? It's because twice so far, Israel decided to test David Sling uh, 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 system on Palestinian rockets. One time it was above Tel Aviv, and this afternoon it was uh, outside of Jerusalem in the mountains in western part of the suburbs of Jerusalem. We shot down two rockets as well. And therefore, uh, we thank them for shooting those rockets because now we could finally test those uh, systems in real war and not in just a military test somewhere in the desert. So this is important and great success in, in both uh, places. Let me show you something very interesting. So you see, the enemy is challenging us all the time. They, when, they, when they started with the tunnels, we created something that is detecting tunnels. When they then moved to rockets, we created Iron Dome. Now, when they shoot many rockets to disable Iron Dome, we began to work on a system that is called the Iron Beam, which is laser beam. Laser beam will cost you nothing. Not $150,000, nothing. It's just electricity. That's it, laser beam. You don't have to get more interceptors. You don't have to, have to you know, nothing beside make sure that you have enough power that for the laser beam. I want to show you what the Israeli weapon manufacturer, Rafael, is developing with the Ministry of uh, Defense of Israel and what we are already making sure that within a year it will be operational. Take a look at Iron Beast. You can see that we can create a whole dome above our forces and anything that tries to penetrate it because of this beam, strong laser beam, is being completely destroyed. Again, we are creating iron beam. Now we can, and look, it's amazing. Not a single rocket we have to shoot. Not a single soldier has to be there to man it. We're talking about ground. We also have iron beam that will be manned on UAVs and in naval iron beam that will be on ships. This is game changer. This is something America also wants to have with us. And uh, the, again, this is another uh, thing that uh, it's a Israeli innovation and U.S. funding, and it will become operational next year, which means that no matter how many rockets Iraq, Iran, Hezbollah, Yemen, all of them will have with no money, basically, we can actually create a dome that will destroy those rockets. Very, very interesting thing. So, um, and, and, and make no mistake, all of these weapon systems, the world is watching. This is why they want to be friends with Israel. This is why there's a good chance Saudi Arabia will continue to seek for peace with Israel. In fact, I heard 
um, an Israeli foreign minister on radio two days ago. He said, it's not a question of if we're going to have normalization with Saudi Arabia, it's just when, because there's already talks about that. And Israel has restored its deterrence in the last three days, big time. Hamas is afraid. Hezbollah is afraid. All the terrorists are afraid because now they know, we know where they are. We know where they run. We know how to get them, and we are going to get them. We're not afraid. The targeted assassination is on the table, and that's it. The minute they saw that we are not happy and we're going to use it, everything has changed. Take a look, by the way. The sobering reality for the Islamic Jihad is that they've been fighting all alone. Nobody joined them. Not the Hezbollah, not Hamas, not the proxies in, in, in Syria or Yemen or Iraq. All their big talks, and they did nothing. Why? Because of the targeted assassinations. Now, when and what is it that they're trying to, 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 to do right now? What are their terms for targeted assassination, for, excuse me, for a ceasefire? Why is it that the ceasefire collapsed or the talks collapsed a few times already? First of all, by the way, before I forget, the deception of the Israeli military in order to kill those three leaders on that night, three nights ago, was this. We asked the Egyptians to summon those leaders to Egypt in order for us to talk with them there about negotiation, about some deal. They were already very, very excited about their success a week and a half ago. So all those commanders came out of their holes, went to their families to say goodbye, and that's where we got them. Exactly there. So uh, this is basically the deception now. Where is it leading towards? Today's uh, May 12th. Um, on May 18, we mark the day where we unified Jerusalem after the 1967 war, city was divided for 19 years. That Jerusalem day is including the march of the flags. Tens of thousands of Israeli youth with Israeli flags are marching around the walls of the old city of Jerusalem. There's nothing more annoying to the Muslims than to see the Israeli flags around the old city of Jerusalem declaring that is that Jerusalem is the united, undivided capital of Israel. Two years ago, Hamas started a war with us by shooting towards Jerusalem and not taking in account that Israel is going to hit them hard. Last year, they already were deterred. But then, everything that happened over the last four or five months since the new government was established, the protesters, the irresponsible, far-left-wing uh, people that some of them said that they're not going to join the army anymore, blah, blah, blah. All of that made Israel look so weak that now they thought, this year, we're going to make sure they're not going to march with the flags again, because now Israel is weak, now we are strong, so we will not allow them to walk with the flags. Well, we don't ask anyone whether we can march with our own flags in our own capital on our own holiday, okay? But um, one of the three main demands of the Islamic Jihad for a ceasefire is A, stop this targeted assassination, B, 
don't march with flags around Jerusalem and see, give us the body of that prisoner that died. And I want to tell you something, folks. The reason why they do that is because they know one thing. If they can link whatever they want to do with Jerusalem, they can always tap to the religious feelings of Muslims all around the world. They're banking on it. They tried it in the Ramadan. They always look talking about Israelis invade, Israeli taking over, Israelis are doing this, the Jews are taking over, the Al-Aqsa, all of these nonsense. Okay, They want to show the world that they were there shooting rockets all the way to stop the Jews from marching with flags around the walls of Jerusalem. That is Mar uh, May 18. So there's six more days that they're going to try to somehow continue but I don't, I don't know if they can manage to do that because we've, we're killing all of their leaders and uh, they're running out of their rockets. It's, I'm not talking about Hamas, but about the Islamic Jihad. So a lot is going on. And uh, again, and again, I please go to my Telegram channel. I cannot emphasize this enough. Some, some people uh, don't even know that they were taken off from Telegram. So I'm going to put again the QR code. Scan this QR code right now with your phone. Join my Telegram channel. That is the only way you can know what's going on because a lot is going to happen in the next few days leading towards May 18, leading towards the Jerusalem Day, leading towards the march of the flags around the city. So I want you to be up to date. I want you to understand what's going on. Super important thing. I want you to, to be able to do that. And again, if you can just share right now this this update right now, share it with as many people as you can. So let's uh, let's bring it all to a, a summary. Okay, a what we see now is a military operation of Israel that shocked the Islamic Jihad and completely smashed all of its leaders to the ground. B Israel restored its deterrence and um, Hezbollah and his, uh, Hamas. All the Iranian proxies, all this thing that they try to sell us, that they're together. And if you attack this one, the others are going to do. All of that crashed, as you can see. Because once Israel put back the targeted assassination, by the way, targeted assassination of terror leaders, America is doing that to Al-Qaeda and to ISIS every day. Um, Jordan, the country of Jordan, just killed a drug lord in Syria and all of his family. Drug lord. He didn't even kill anyone. He wasn't a terrorist. The people we killed in the first night were responsible for killing of Israeli children and women. Twelve, uh, actually 19 years ago, one of them is the one who executed a mother and four children. When Israel was still in, Israelis were still living in the Gaza Strip. He stopped a civilian car and he killed a mom and four kids. Those are the type of people we killed, not drug lords. We killed terrorists who have so much blood on their hands. So I want you to know that the targeted assassination is more than justified. It is actually the one thing that they're afraid of right now. And um, Israel decided enough is enough. We, we took off the gloves and we're beating them hard. And the Israelis are telling the government, go on. We give you all the time that you need. You have to understand, a third of the Israelis are sitting in bomb shelters, and they're telling their government, finally you're doing something. Keep on doing that. We're okay. Only the liberal, progressive, stupid left is the one that wants 
to go back to their cafes and drink their cappuccinos in Tel Aviv. So they want a ceasefire right now. The rest understand the harder you hit, then the longer you're going to have peace uh, later on or quiet for a time. So, you know, the, the cappuccino latte people of Tel Aviv might not like the fighting because God forbid they're going to hear siren and have to run somewhere. But that's the daily reality of the people of southern Israel. And, you know, they're willing to sit in the bomb shelter as long as finally the Israeli government is doing, going to do something. So this is what is going on here. It started uh, 10 days ago. Israel did not respond harshly because we planned a deception uh, uh, that eventually worked in, in, in something, as I said, that is going to be taught in military academies. Israel planned a super successful operation. Of uh, This is a combination of Israeli intelligence, of Israeli uh, technology, of Israeli um, air force and air ground and the secret service. We have people on the ground, people in the air, and 40 aircrafts were on, you know, in the air. And within 30 seconds, we killed three top leaders of the Islamic Jihad in their homes. The only time they came out of their holes and we killed it. We killed them. Quite amazing. Operation Shield and Arrow is not over yet. From what I hear now, they're... Uh, from what I hear now, they're they're planning a ceasefire in in uh, in uh, midnight, which is in half an hour. But again, the problem is this: the Arabs are used to this. If there is a ceasefire at midnight at eleven fifty nine, they're going to shoot a barrage of two hundred rockets. That's what they're used to. Or maybe even at midnight, maybe even at twelve past midnight, twelve oh five past midnight. They will be the ones that will shoot the last one. Well, it's not going to happen anymore. Um, when they tried to do it a few days ago, we, we said, no, if you want to shoot, we'll shoot as well. And so that's what's going on right now. It will come to an end. Israel is much stronger. We don't want to kill civilians there. We're pinpointing our rockets to kill mostly civilian, uh, uh, mostly uh, you know terrorists. Of course, there's always collateral damage around and because if if we are protecting um, you know we basically use our rockets to protect our children they are using their children to protect their rockets that's the difference we have videos of that show where they launch rockets from they launch rockets from schools from kindergartens from in the middle of the street knowing that if we are going to destroy the launcher we're going to hit civilians that's who they are. They're barbaric. They don't care about human lives. They sacrifice their own people. And they create some sort of reality that they are on the winning side. There is, you know, their reality and there is the reality. Their reality is that they're doing great. Their reality is they're losing. They're, you know, defeated. And anyone with eyes and brains can see that. And I think that um, the last three days really restored a lot of confidence that the Israelis needed in their military, in their government, and uh, in their ability to sh to fight back. And we were not feeling great. And again, 
kudos to Netanyahu that uh, didn't mind to, you know, be ridiculed for a week or so because he knew we're going to surprise them. So maybe they think I'm weak for a whole week because I didn't respond properly last time, but there's no point of shooting rockets at empty places. I want to get them. I want to get those commanders. So I'm going to wait until we get them out of their holes, and then I'm going to get them. And that is exactly what is going on. So again, you saw what Israel is working on. You saw what they're aiming towards when it comes to the date, with the Jerusalem day. And uh, I will conclude with this. We're not going to change them. There's a verse in Psalm 120 that says the following thing. Those are three verses. Woe is me that I dwell in Meshech, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. My soul has dwelt too long with one who hates peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. You need to understand, folks, um, they don't want peace. They want to destroy us. They want to uh, take the whole country to themselves. They they want to talk about nothing besides you out. We are the landlords here. It's not going to happen. And um, and for those of you who think that uh, Psalm 83 is still to happen, look, and I, I mentioned that before, and I'll mention it again. Psalm 83 speaks of countries all around Israel, not on Iranian proxies. Uh, we're talking about countries. And the day where Jordan, Lebanon, Syria, and Egypt fought against Israel are over. Now Lebanon is destroyed from within, and Syria is, does not exist almost anymore. And, you know, Jordan and Egypt have peace with Israel, and they depend on Israel with energy also. So uh, I want to tell you something. The next thing around the corner is the Ezekiel War. Iran is not going to come and attack Israel unless Iran is going to be part of a coalition. Until then, every now and then, they're going to send their proxies for a cycle of violence to somehow create a war of attrition. That's it. Those short circles, like in Lebanon or in Gaza, there will always be, Israel will always hit back. They'll hit us, we'll hit back. We will always be more innovative. We will always uh, invent new weapons and new defense technologies. And that's it. The last thing I want to say is Iran, after more than 25 years, is getting new aircrafts for their Air Force, the Sukhoi 35 from Russia. It'll going to take them years to um, train and be able to operate them. But the window of opportunity for Israel to, if Israel wants to destroy anything from the Iranian nuclear program, is getting closer and closer and, and smaller and smaller. So it's going to be interesting. But again, I'm telling you, there's not going to be a war with Iran per se. Iran will only join a another coalition. Iran, until then, will send its mad dogs, its proxies, so it can stay out of it. Iran is very much afraid of its uh, or concerned to be able to survive. And and therefore, especially now when they know what the Israeli intelligence is capable and the operational uh, capabilities of the intelligence and the Israeli Air Force and the ground forces, they understand that um, they really don't want a war one-on-one -on -one with us. That's for sure. This is why they spend hundreds of millions of dollars. If we can put again the slide of how much they 
spend every year, you know, more than, look at this, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars every year, they feed all of these terrorist organizations every year in order for them to do the dirty job for them. They don't want to spend his lives of Iranian generals and Iranian military. They don't want the war to be in Iranian territory. That's why they go out, create proxies, give them money, arm them with weapons, so they will do the dirty job. So I want to encourage you, you know, don't look for a Psalm 83 or some sort of a war with Iran. No, it's not going to happen. Psalm 83 took place 1948-1967. We don't have those first-tier nations coming against us anymore. This is it. Now, we're going to wait for the second tier of countries that do not have border with Israel, like Turkey and Russia and Iran, Libya and Sudan. And I want to also tell you, for those of you who didn't watch my last update, if you want to understand not only the war in Sudan, but also Sudan in the Bible, because many of your Bibles talk about Ethiopia, but Ethiopia of your translation in the Bible is actually Sudan. It's in Hebrew, Kush. I explain everything about it in my last update. Go and watch it. Please subscribe to my Telegram channel. If you haven't gotten um, Has the Tribulation Begun, do it. Thank you for pre-ordering it. It is a bestseller, which means it will be now purchased on shelves of secular stores. And this is, I'm telling you, I just recorded the audio version of it. This is the most evangelistic book I ever written. And it is straight to your face. I'm telling you, folks, the latter part of this book is for those that are left behind. I mean, literally, for them to be able to understand that they are in the tribulation, I wrote everything there. So you want not only to get it and read it for yourself to understand that we're not in the tribulation, but also to leave it behind you for friends who might not choose Jesus now and may be left behind, for them then to understand how to identify that they are in the tribulation and, and of course, maybe, maybe they will choose Jesus then. God knows. All right. Look, I love you. Thank you. God bless you. I will give you the ironic blessing. Again, Telegram, it's important to stay updated. Um, and uh, let's pray. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance towards you and give you peace. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen. Please pray for me, Pastor Mike. I'm going to be doing this conference this week here. We're going to meet next week in Belgium for Belgium, Netherlands, and Norway. Uh, tons of conferences and meetings. We need a lot of grace, a lot of, a lot of prayers uh, to stay healthy and strong and and uh, be on time everywhere and uh, know and have lots of travel mercies. Okay. Thank you. I love you. God bless you. Share this with as many as you can. And please join my Telegram channel as well. Thank you. God bless you. Bye bye. Join the Amir Sarfari and Behold Israel channel on Telegram. Here you will receive daily updates and audio messages from Amir. You can also take part in our community and reply with comments. Getting started is easy. Simply download Telegram from the App Store, then visit the Behold Israel Telegram channel in your browser. From there, click Preview Channel, then click Join.
That's it. See you on Telegram.